Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. noise it's like it's the computer like for some reason it turned back on is it having a problem i don't know like what it's like loading all the things yeah um, anything to do with this let's see it's friday do we have anything special announcements i don't feel like we do if you're in the patreon on the janet's level our live chat is tonight oh, yeah. at eight o'clock eastern uh-huh so you can go on the patreon you'll find the link for that I'm excited. I'm looking forward to just like, I don't know. You can, if you guys want to participate, if you want to show your faces on the screen, you are totally welcome fine. to. Don't feel pressured. I know sometimes I don't want that to be a reason that you don't Oh yeah, join in. I think it's going to be really fun. So the idea is that it'll be current true crime news and it's going to be like an open conversation. Oh, don't, yeah. don't feel like you're just there to like listen to us give some sort of lectures because that's not at all us <laughs> it's going to be just a big conversation i'm really excited because i like all you guys yeah but also feel free to jump in you know well yeah and um, also like if you're in the facebook group but you're not in patreon you can subscribe and cancel just oh, so yeah. you can do like, you, you want to join in tonight yeah yeah totally that's one of my favorite new perks that we've added to mm-hmm. the patreon just because i think you guys are great yeah so all right i'm not going to even tell you what kind of story this is yet okay i'm just gonna jump in i also am trying something different usually you guys i like write out my whole episode kind of stream of consciousness typing everything as i'm researching it and then i read it to you guys this time mainly because of the youtube video i hate how often i sit here and stare at my computer and read it so this time i'm trying bullet points oh this could either be great or terrible it also may not matter at all but i don't know if my brain would remember everything but i can't wait to hear this we'll see how it goes okay okay Okay. So last weekend, mm-hmm. my friend Austin and I went to see Waitress. Oh, I saw your post about that. That's oh so gosh. fun. I love Austin. I was so she's excited. Fun. Oh, I love Austin. Yeah, she's great. And I was so excited to see Waitress. The song in Waitress, She Used to Be Mine. Mm-hmm. I cannot hear that song without crying. Oh. I've heard it a million times. Mm-hmm. Makes me cry every time. I completely fall apart. And I had already warned Austin. I've never seen the play, but right. the song just yeah, yeah. gets me. And I already warned Austin. I was like, listen, when that song comes up, I'm going to lose it. So I just want you to be ready. And I was just right. Just be prepared with the I tissues. <laughs> you guys, I don't know if everyone knows this about me, but I'm a huge football fan. And so the she fact is. that I missed the Super Bowl to go to Waitress really tells you how badly I wanted to see it. Oh, Plus, yeah. it was that 90s halftime show. And it was the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons that it was going to be a great Super Bowl to watch. Yeah, it was. But I went to Waitress because I needed to see it. And I loved it. And I completely fell apart and sobbed during She Used to Be Mine. And Austin had to put her hand around me like, are you okay? And I was like, sweet Austin. Yeah. One thing I didn't realize is that there's a movie called Waitress. Mm -hmm. That is what this musical came from. 
And I didn't know that. I had seen parts of the movie. I had Carrie Russell and Nathan Fillion in it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. I've never watched the whole thing, but I've seen bits and pieces of it. And so as I was watching the play, I was like, oh, wait, this is familiar. And then I realized Uh it it all came together. And the movie is Waitress and the musical is Waitress. So you would have think I would have connected these dots earlier, but I didn't. So (laughs) the musical was adapted from the movie and all the songs and lyrics were written by... Sarah Bareilles. Oh, I love it. I typed her name phonetically, so I'd be sure not to mispronounce it. I love it, too. And that's how I ever found it, is because I loved her. Yeah. And as I was just listening to her music is how I found she used to be mine years ago. Right. And became obsessed with it and then wanted to see Waitress. So I was really excited that it all came together. The movie was written and directed by a woman named Adrienne Shelley. That's her stage name. Her real name was Adrienne Levine. Okay. Maybe Levine. But probably Levine. Adrienne was born in 1966 in Queens, New York, and she was raised in Long Island with her two brothers. And she was this really, like, fun, creative kid. She started performing on stage when she was about 10, and then she made her professional stage debut in high school during a summer production of Annie. Well, She went to Boston College, majored in film production. Okay. But she left after her junior year and just moved to Manhattan. Hmm. She started out in front of the camera and she kind of like had this breakthrough because she got a lead in a couple of indie films. One was The Unbelievable Truth and the other one was Trust. Trust was nominated for a prize at the Sundance Film Film Festival. Oh, how cool. Yeah. So she kind of became known as like this kind of indie darling. And then she guest starred in several TV series, including Law and Order, Oz, and Homicide, Life on the Streets. And then she had major roles in a bunch of off-Broadway plays. So she was pretty successful as an actor. By her late 20s, though, I mean, late 20s is not old, right? No. But she was less enamored with the whole Hollywood thing for all the reasons that we can guess. Right, right, right. right. She was tired of this, like, I have to say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. I've got to be sexy all the time. I have to stay hot. Typical lifestyle. Yeah, just as a woman in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to grow old. Yep. So on her 30th birthday, she said, I think I spent a lot of my 20s as if I was in some dark adventure of some kind, not really, really feeling myself alive. And I feel like a real desire to not live my life that way anymore. Which I just love. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I turned 30, having this kind of like, what am I doing? Yeah. What is happening? Mm -hmm. And then at 40, you have it again. And I'm like real excited what happens at 50. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like 30, 40, like keep leveling up. And by 50, I expect to just take over the world. Yep. So that's when Adrienne started transitioning to behind the camera. She wrote and directed a 1999 movie called I'll Take You There. It has Ali Sheedy in it. So I feel like I've seen it. When I looked it up, I was like, this looks familiar to me. And Adrienne also appeared in that film. Okay. And that film went on to win a few awards. It was the U.S. Comedy Arts Festival Film Discovery Jury Award in 2004 direction. So for her direction, she won oh, what? Prize of the City of Setubal. Setubal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Special mention at an international film festival in Portugal for Best Director. So oh. she was good at what she, she was She was all doing. over, yeah. Yeah. But her passion project that she loved and worked for years on was Waitress. Oh, she wrote it while she was pregnant with her daughter, Sophie. <laughs> also, Sophie. I know. In this time, she got married, too, to a guy named Andy. They met on Match.com. They were super Cute. happy. And then they had a little daughter named Sophie. So Waitress is this dark, quirky comedy drama. Okay. They called it like a dramedy. It was written, directed, and co-starred 
is what she did it. So she wrote it. She directed it. She co-starred in it. She oh, played wow. Dawn. So if you guys have seen it, she played Dawn, which is like the funny little, well, it's all, they're all pretty funny, but, mm-hmm. and then she also did the set and costume design. Oh, wow. Yeah. She was super involved. Busy bee. Mm-hmm. So Waitress tells the story of Jenna, a waitress in a diner who is trapped in this abusive marriage. She's mm-hmm. married to this guy named Earl. He's terrible. Goodbye, Earl. Yeah. That's what I kept thinking of too. Then she finds out that she's pregnant. And she's in this very small town. She finds out she's pregnant. She didn't want to be pregnant. And then she ends up having an affair with her doctor. Mm. In town, she's known for making these amazing pies. And someone suggests that she enter this pie contest that's happening nearby because there's this big money prize. Okay. And so in her head, she's like, okay, that's how I get out. Mm -hmm. Like, she doesn't want to give up the baby. She wants to have the baby. She just doesn't want to be stuck in this marriage. marriage, And she feels like there's no way out. And like I said, he's awful. He's abusive. He's terrible. Right. The movie premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in 2007, starring Carrie Russell, Nathan Fillion, Cheryl Hines, and Adrian Shelley. And also Andy Griffith was in it. (gasps) I don't know if I've ever told you guys this. Andy Griffith and my papa are like... The same human being. They are. Mm -hmm. They have the same like wavy hair. The same accent and the way they talk, just their yeah. their general affect, they're the same. It's just amazing. So I always equate Andy Griffith to my to papa. So cute. It's great. I love it so much. The movie was so well received at the Sundance Film Festival that it was bought by Fox Searchlight Pictures for four to five million dollars. The number oh, well. differs, yeah, depending on your news article. And it had a limited theater release. It was also well-received in theaters. It has like a 7.3 out of 10 rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is good. Yeah. You know, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. You they will, yeah. And it made their 2007 list of top 100 movies. Oh, wow. Nominated and won several awards. So, like, this is her passion project. Yeah. And it really did well. Wow. And then producers Barry and Fran Weisler, yep. probably, mm-hmm. purchased the stage rights shortly after the movie release. And it's the first Broadway musical with an all-female principal creative team. Oh. Has Diane Paulus as the director, Sarah Bareilles as the music writer oh, and lyricist, Jesse Nelson, book adapter, and Lauren Lataro, choreographer. It premiered on Broadway in 2016 and stayed there until 2020, which I think it got shut down because of COVID. COVID yeah. The national tour began in 2017, and like I said, I just went and saw it, so it's still going yeah. on. Yeah. It toured in London and played the West End 2019 to 2021. Returned to Broadway in September 2021. And in that one, Sarah Bareilles played Jenna. <gasps> oh. I can't imagine getting to see her yes. sing the songs that she wrote. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It was not quite as well-received as a play as, as the movie was, but it was still nominated for a bunch of awards and it won a few. Adrian never got to see any of this. Aww. She died November 1st, 2006. Just a few weeks before she would have found out that it was accepted to the Sundance Film Festival. Oh, my gosh. So she didn't get to see any Any of it. it. She had to make the movie. Yeah. They submitted it to Sundance. You know, you're hoping. Like, that's a huge breakthrough if it gets accepted. But she never even, just a few weeks before she would have found out. So, on November 1st, 2006. She and her husband, they lived, they had an apartment, you know, Uh townhome, I think, with their daughter. But she had to stay in New York. Okay. She had this one-bedroom apartment that she rented and used as an office, which I totally understand. Yeah. Having to have, like, sort of a, a separate, separate space. space. Yeah. Her husband, Andy, dropped her off at her office at 9.30 in the morning. And as the day went on, he was like, it was weird that I didn't hear from her. Like, it was just strange. He tried emailing. He tried calling her cell phone. He tried calling her landline. Never could get a hold of her. And he's like, it's just strange. Usually, yeah. you know, they check in throughout the day. Right. 
especially if she sees she's got missed calls, yeah. she would respond. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, he shows up to pick her up. He gets up there. He presses the little button, like intercom. Mm-hmm. She doesn't answer. So then he was like, he went to the doorman and he was like, can you just, I've been trying to get hold of her all day. Can you just take me up there? Yeah. So they go up there and the door is unlocked. Oh. And Andy said that's when the real panic set in. He said it was really weird just how still everything was. Ooh. And the TV was on. And he was like, Wolf Blitzer was on the screen talking, giving the news. Mm-hmm. And the doorman stayed at the door while Andy went through the apartment. Oh. Then the doorman hears Andy start screaming. Oh, and no. he's just saying, why, why, why? Andy had found her body in the bathroom, hanging from the shower rod <sighs> with a bed sheet around her neck. Oh, no. There was no sign of a struggle. No sign of forced entry. Obviously, it looks like a suicide. Yeah. The police are just like, it's a suicide. And, you know, she kind of fits that little creative whatever. And she's yeah. Got, you know. I even found there's a New York Post article where the headline is like, actress suicide stuns family. Like, that was the headline oh, on the front of the New York Post. Ugh. And the autopsy said that she died of neck compression. Right. To go along with yeah. the suicide. But Andy was like, there's absolutely no- not. Yeah. yeah. And, you know. I feel like that happens a lot. People don't want to accept yeah. that their loved yeah, one yeah. would die by suicide. Right. He was like, listen, she's personally and professionally happy. Yeah. She would never do this to our daughter. She would never leave her motherless. And her family backed it all up, too. They're like, listen, she's not depressed. Right. She's not on any medication. She's She doesn't drink. Happy and successful. Yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing. And Andy was really persistent. So the cops looked closer. Now, this all happens over the matter of a few days. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to derail too much from this, but I think where I just did the Cleveland Strangler case. Oh, yeah. It is a little bit like, oh, man, he just he just had to push it for a few days Mm -hmm. and the cops took another look, you know? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. They're white and status. Yeah. Well off and Mm -hmm. all those things. Yeah. But again, I'm happy that it worked out the way it did. I don't mean I'm not trying to take anything away from Andy and what happened, but it it is like a little bit of. But let's do better. Stark. Yeah. Contrast. It is also New York versus Cleveland cops. Who knows? True. Okay. So Andy was persistent and the cops decided they're going to take another look. That's when they find a sneaker print in the dust on the toilet in the bathroom where her body was found. Huh? Mm-hmm. That shoe print matched shoe prints in another part of the building where there was construction work being done. There was an apartment that was being renovated on the day that she died. Oh, so that shoe print in her bathroom was on the toilet, which, you know, why would they be standing up on the toilet? Exactly. Unless they're trying to put her up. That led to the arrest of a 19-year-old construction worker from Ecuador named Diego Pilco. Hmm. Once he was arrested, he confessed within hours. Oh, my gosh. The detective who got the confession did it by pointing out that Adrian's daughter was the same age as Diego's niece. And I guess that was enough for him to just be like, be like okay, oh, my gosh, I did it. Yeah. yeah. He confessed to attacking Adrian and staging it to look like a suicide. My gosh. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all over mm-hmm. again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo. Uh-huh. T-Y. 
M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top-of-the-line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh my we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which I noticed immediately mm-hmm. I didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually I do because usually I have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like I turned it up I was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's right. gonna be so tangled not with this one nice. and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com using the code wmm30 so that's just two m's you guys know our codes usually have three so just keep that in mind so with so many great products to choose from now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit so go to t-y-m-o beauty.com and use the code wmm30 for 30 percent off your first purchase goodbye goodbye summer is the season of hot temperatures outdoor adventures and refreshing water activities summer is also the season of rough on your feet causing dry, cracked heels and toes. Introducing Babyfoot, the original exfoliation foot peel that contains 16 natural extracts formulated to remove dead skin cells in three easy steps. Apply the booties, relax for an hour, then wash your feet. In 14 days, you've got baby smooth skin and your feet have never been softer. Letting dead skin cells build up over time is hazardous to your foot health. Our professional-grade DIY products, like our original exfoliation foot peel, our men's foot peel, or our moisturizing mask, are some of the best foot care products on the market. Created with your foot health in mind. Pamper yourself with a spa day from the comfort and convenience of your own home with Babyfoot. If you want a chemical-free, easy-to-use exfoliating process from the company that created the original foot peel, it's time to treat yourself to Babyfoot. Go to babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24 and get 20% off your first order with Babyfoot. That's babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24. So, here's the first story he told. Oh, there's multiple. Mm -hmm. So the first story is Adrian had come out there to complain that the construction was too noisy and he threw a hammer at her. her, But he was just like annoyed and he threw the hammer at her. But then he started thinking like, oh, no, what if she complains and then I lose my job? And then if I lose my job or if if she complains and the police come, like I'll get deported because he's an undocumented immigrant. So he throws a hammer at her and then he immediately is like, oh, no, what if she gets more upset? So then he follows her back to the apartment. And he's, like, kind of, as she's going in, he's trying to, like, grab at her through the door. I don't know why he'd be grabbing at her unless he's just trying to be like, hey, hey, you know. Come back. she slaps at him. So he responds by punching her in the face. And then she falls to the ground. Huh. Hitting her head unconscious. Oh, my gosh. Then he thought he'd killed her. So he hung her in the bathroom so it would look like 
a suicide. Oh my God. This version of events is not supported by evidence. Right. Because the cause of death was neck compression. Uh-huh. And there was no Bruising severe head hand. trauma. Yeah. yeah. So if she got hit hard enough to knock herself out. There'd be yeah. evidence of that. Yeah. So then he had a second version of events that came up during the trial. Pilko noticed Adrian in the elevator when he was returning from his lunch break. And he decided to follow her and rob her. He snuck into her apartment to take her purse because the door was unlocked. So he let her go in. Mm-hmm. waited and then snuck in she caught him red-handed and threatened to call the police again he has that fear of being deported. deported yeah so she grabs her phone he takes her phone and he puts his hand over her mouth and is like don't call the police and covers her mouth as she starts to scream and then there's this struggle and she lost consciousness in the struggle mm-hmm. so then there's a bed sheet nearby which he used to strangle her Then he dragged her to the bathroom and hung her from the shower rod. This version does match up with the evidence. The medical examiner found that Adrian was still alive when she was hanged, which is just horrible. But it's almost like with his fear of being deported, Mm -hmm. the second she caught him, he was going to kill her. Yeah. Like, there's no other way. What else would he have done? The other thing is, if he followed her to her apartment to rob her, yeah, then he knew she was there. Exactly. So why would he risk getting caught like that? Yeah. I just keep thinking. It never comes out that there's any sort of sexual component. Mm-hmm. I don't was think he, she was sexually assaulted. I think that would have come out. But, but was I just he wonder if he on it? intended to. Mm-hmm. Right. It, I don't understand why he, you know, if he was so afraid of being caught, yeah. why would he go in there knowing she was in there? Exactly. Pilko pled guilty to first-degree manslaughter. And he was sentenced to 25 years in prison without parole. And then he's going to be deported to Ecuador upon his release from prison. Okay. At his sentencing, Andy, her husband, and other family members told Pilko they would never forgive him. Mm. Which, I'm always moved when I see family members forgive the person who murdered their loved one or whatever. Yeah. But there's also part of me that I was like, good for you. Yeah. There's part of me was just kind of like, good, don't forgive. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm just in support of doing whatever you personally can live right, with. Like, right. I don't want anybody to forgive someone if they're not ready to. Yeah. Or to just say that because they feel like that's what other people want them yeah. to say so or feel. You do what you worry about you is on his yeah. matters. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. don't. It. So then there are lawsuits. So Pilko had agreed to pay. $12,000 in order to be smuggled into United States. 12000 U.S. dollars <laughs> for an undocumented immigrant. Where in the world was he ever going to come up with that money? Exactly. I think he probably had to pay some of it for it to happen, mm-hmm. right? But, like, he still owed debt on it, which is why he had made a habit, he said, of robbing people. Because oh he was trying gosh. to pay back his debt. Huh. $12,000. What a ridiculous system this is. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that is. <laughs> okay. Mm-mm. So he lived in the basement of a building owned by his employer, which also gives me questions, opinions. I have opinions. Allegedly. And that this unsubstantiated is yeah. thoughts about it. But I'm like, it's almost like an indentured servant. Yeah, I think. Exactly. You know, like we're yeah. going to bring you into this country. You owe us everything. you're going to work mm-hmm. until you pay off your $12,000 debt. Yeah. 19 year old kid who yeah. can't speak english he doesn't has speak nowhere english. else to go who <sighs> there's lots of problems okay we can't solve all of them right now yep but we're gonna try we're working towards it so 
A neighbor of Adrian said that Pilko's stare made her uncomfortable whenever she walked past him. Uh, Basically, Andy's argument was Adrian wouldn't have died if this general contractor hadn't hired Diego. So he's suing the general contractor. The lawsuit was dismissed. The judge was like, I completely sympathize with you. Mm -hmm. However, when we look at everything, there's no reason, like the contractors had no reason to believe that Pilko was dangerous. Right. Yeah. So to say that they Even should have known things illegally he would kill yeah. someone. Yeah. So I get it. I get legally mm-hmm. why it was dismissed. It's also very frustrating. Right. So the thing I keep going back to is this was 100% a, like going to be ruled a suicide. It was already right. the headline of the paper. It was done. Yeah. It was done. But Andy insisted, kept fighting. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. So the legacy would have been suicide. Her daughter mm-hmm. would have grown up thinking, my mom did Yeah, and then what would that have done to her? Mm-hmm. To have that sort of like, that's the thing that happened right. in my family. How would that, you know? Was I not loved? So Andy, here's what something he said about her that I just had to type out the full quote because it's so oh. sweet. He said, uh, oh, another thing. Her daughter, Sophie, was almost three when Adrian died. Oh, she was gosh. so young. Okay, so Andy said, Adrian was the kindest, warmest, most loving, generous person I knew. She was incredibly smart, funny, and talented, a bright light with an infectious laugh and huge smile that radiated inner and outer beauty. She was my best friend and the person with whom I was supposed to grow old. Oh. I know. Oh. So obviously the most important thing Andy did for his wife after her death was fight the suicide ruling. Uh-huh. And then he kept on fighting to make sure people knew right. who she was and mm-hmm. that she wasn't forgotten. He made this decision. He was like, I mean, at first he said there was really dark times. He would just like go in the closet, Struggle. get all her clothes mm-hmm. and just smell her, you know, whatever. And then he's just like, I have to go on with my life. Like, yeah. I have to accept this. And the only way he could accept it is just to sort of be like, sometimes awful things happen. Yeah. And there's no reason. And it's senseless. But life's not fair. Mm-hmm. And he had to take care of Sophie. He's like, this is my daughter. And I had yeah. to make this decision to be like, we're going to be okay. Yeah. And if I let myself fall apart, what's going to happen to her? Like, yeah. I have to take care of her. He had to explain to Sophie what happened to oh. her mom. She's not even three. So he has to go home and give her a reason why her mom's not Isn't there. coming home. Yeah. And it's awful. He says, mommy died. Her body stopped working. She's not coming home anymore. Oh, I think that is this just one of the saddest. I've had chills right yeah. now. It's one of the saddest things I've ever heard. And he said that Sophie just like heard him and went over and looked out the window and was just like, mommy's not coming home. And he was like, right. <gasps> I mean, I just can't. Oh, gosh. It makes me want to cry right now. Poor baby. He also had a memorial dedicated to her on August 3rd, 2009. It was the Adrian Shelley Garden, and it faces the building where she died. He established the Adrian Shelley Foundation. That has awards, scholarships, grants, finishing funds, and living stipends through partnerships oh, with wow. NYU, Columbia University, Women in Film, IFP, AFI, Sundance wow. Institute, Tribeca Film Institute, and the Nantucket Film Festival. Look at him. I know. Like, he's really, because he knows the things that were important to her, yeah. that she loved, and he wants those things. He knows that it would make her happy that those things are still supported. Right. Two people who've received grants from that, Cynthia Wade won an Academy Award in 2008 for her documentary, Freeheld. Wow. And Chloe Zhao also would later become the second woman in history to win the Academy Award for Best Director. Oh, my gosh. And they were recipients of the Adrian Shelley grant. How awesome is that? Don't you think that would make her so happy? Yeah. And the last thing that Andy did was create a documentary 
about his wife. Um, it's called Adrian, and you can find it right now on HBO. It was released December 1st of last year. Okay. And his whole thing is just like, she's more than just a murder victim. Like a lot of people right. might know her she's name done, in New York so because of this. Mm-hmm. Right. He didn't want that to be the reason right. people knew her. So he went to the play when it was on Broadway and he asked people like, hey, do you know Adrian Shelley? Do you know who that is? Her name was on the marquee and everything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were like, I have no idea. I've never heard of her. Which is just like, oh, God, yeah. you are going to see the her play. play. Yeah. But again... I thought it was Sarah Bareilles' play. Like, everybody right. says, even when you read articles about it now, it's like Waitress. Sarah Bareilles' Waitress. Waitress by Sarah Bareilles. And it's like, she wrote the music, uh-huh. but she didn't write that story. Right. You know? I've been obsessed with the Waitress forever, and I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't know who Adrienne Shelley yeah. was either. The whole reason I found out who she was is because when I was at the play, looking at the program, I saw that it was dedicated to Adrienne Shelley. And I was like, who's Adrienne Shelley? And I... Look it all up, and that's how I found all this. Oh my god! Of course, as soon as I saw it, I you're like, like I've oh, got to do this. I'm gonna do this yeah. episode. Wow! What? So he's asking people to if they know who she was. Uh-huh. He says no, or they say no. So he's just like, I'm gonna do something about this. Yeah. So the documentary opens with scenes from a Halloween party that ha- it's like a home mm-hmm. video things. It's a Halloween party from the night before she died. Because remember, oh it was gosh. November first. Yeah. And he has his voiceover where he says this. Halloween was ours. I went to bed that night, the luckiest guy alive. By the next night, I was living the worst nightmare imaginable. Oh, my God. Yeah. So in the documentary, Andy goes to visit Diego in prison. Okay. And it is intense. When he goes there, he basically is like, I want to know exactly what happened that Mm -hmm. day. So he sits down with Diego and they have an interpreter there. And Diego explains... You know, he was looking for someone to rob because of this huge debt that he has. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that that makes it. That's not an excuse right, at all. Right, right, but I'm right. just saying yeah. these are the circumstances. So he describes how he's looking for someone to rob and how Adrian had caught him in the act. Mm-hmm. And he says, the lady came out and ran after me. And he doesn't. He spares no details. He gives all the details. They're on Ugh. camera right there to Andy. Um, and Andy and the translator were both obviously just oh my gosh, horrified. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, when she started yelling at me, the only word that I could understand was police. She reached for her phone and he grabs it, covers her mouth and starts choking her with that one hand. So then when he let her go, her lips were blue and he thought, oh, I killed her. He says all this to Andy. He's like, yeah, I could tell she was dead because her lips were blue. And I was like, oh, I killed her. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine being that interpreter and having to tell this man everything? Yeah. Then he dragged her to the bathroom, made a noose out of the sheet, and hung her from the shower rod. And there's this long pause, and Andy leans close to him, and he said, Did you think you'd gotten away with it? And Diego said, Yes. Oh, my gosh. But he didn't. You didn't. Andy's amazing. in jail. He would have, you know, if Andy hadn't thrown a fit. Yeah. So then um, another thing that happened during that visit is Andy makes Diego look at pictures of Adrian because he's like, I don't want him to just think of Adrian as this screaming woman in an apartment. Uh She was this brilliant, beautiful, Uh creative person with this full life who loved people and people loved her. And her of that. Yeah. So he's like. I want Diego to know she's a mother, a wife, a daughter, and a sister. She's not just this screaming woman who caught you. He showed him pictures of Adrian as she grew up, and then pictures of Sophie as she grew up. 
Mm-hmm. And he had all these milestones of like, here's the first birthday yeah. after Adrian died. No mom for yeah. Sophie. And here's her most recent birthday. Still no mom. Right. You know, like really making the point that you Sophie's missed all these things mm-hmm. that she should have had. Yes. With a mother. Diego had no reaction through the whole thing. But then as he was being led back to his cell, he mumbled, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. So I'm reading this last part. It's straight from an article about the documentary. It's in the Daily Beast from November 15th, 2021 by Nick Shaker. I love this so much that I just have to read it. Yeah. Word for word. About the documentary. That unresolvable torment is ultimately the most resonant chord struck by Adrian, the documentary. No matter how much... Ostroy, which is Andy's last name, valiantly tries to turn his documentary into an uplifting memorial. He can't escape the sadness of his spouse's tale. And that's to the proceedings benefit. There's an honesty to the film's forthright recognition that closure and healing are just words designed to suggest fantasies of recovery that can't ever be fully realized. Wow. The scars of losses like this run so deep and shape lives so profoundly that they're always there, coloring one's thoughts and actions. Ostroy and Sophie seem at peace with the understanding that what was taken from them can never be regained and that they've become fundamentally different people because of it. And it's in that honest portrait of catastrophe and its lingering aftermath that Adrian makes its own admirable mark. I thought that was just the most beautiful paragraph. It really is. And sad and poignant and just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they were married for 12 years before she died. Yeah. And, I mean, he has just basically, since she's died, he's devoted his life to taking care of Sophie. And her legacy. And honoring her legacy. Yeah. Which is just incredible. Yeah. His dedication to her even after she's gone. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. That's Adrian Shelley, you guys. That was so good. Waitress. Go yeah. watch the documentary, Adrian. And... Mm-hmm. Watch the movie. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we can find the movie. Oh, so good. Yeah. Okay, that's all. Okay. That's it, guys. Don't forget if you're in the Janice level to join us tonight for the live chat. Oh my gosh. At 8 p.m. Eastern. What else do we have? If you'd like to send us any stories or get in touch with us for any reason, all of our contact information is in the show notes. All in the show notes. All the sources for this episode are in the show notes. As As always. And yeah, if you guys, if you have never taken the time to leave a review, we'd love for you to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, we always love hearing from you guys. Oh, join the Facebook group. Oh, yeah. If you have Facebook, get on there. It's, it's my so favorite. Fun. A lot so of people are like, I hate Facebook and I understand that. Just join it for that. Yeah. You just don't have to our group. have friends. You can just join our group. Yeah. That's the fun We'll part. be your friends. It's a good reason to be on Facebook. Yeah, it is. It really is. All right. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.